that time again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Startmill's House of L, the last ever two-digit episode of Startmill's House of L. I'm your host, Eric Russell, and this is the 99th one, the big one before 100, and also the big one before we get to Thursday night's season 8 premiere of Smallville, episode 801, Odyssey. And I cannot tell you how pumped I am for the, for the season to be back, for Smallville to be back in general. We've been out since uh, the middle of May is when 720 Arctic aired, and a lot of things have gone on since then. We've been here over the summer as much as we possibly can, and we're going to be here all through Season 8 with you as well, just bringing you the latest news, episode reviews, and all that kinds of stuff, so I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, we're, the Summers are always the hardest part, you know, trying to find up with new content, <clears throat> Civil War, those kind of things, you know, just trying to, to bridge the gap for people until Smallville gets there and trying to entertain people and while some people don't always appreciate things like <clears throat> Civil War, that most people like what we come up with, and I, I think that's a true testament of, uh, well, Steve, basically, because it's, it's usually his, his brainchild. And uh, if you like Steve and you like what Steve does, be sure to email Steve at steve at smallvillepodcast.com and tell him to no longer tell people to email me at derek at smallvillepodcast.com and tell me things that, that that he wishes that they would say, because that's ridiculous. I don't know why he keeps doing that at all. Um, it's gotten pretty funny, though. I've gotten some a couple of interesting emails from people uh, regarding <clears throat> what he has told them to do. So he's had the last two episodes while I've been gone. Not gone, really. More preparing. Uh, we It's hard to always get on the same timetable when two people record, especially two people who aren't in a room together. And if you know Steve and I and you know the show pretty well, you know that we're actually several hours apart, about six or seven hours apart, actually. So finding the time to always record these shows is sometimes implausible mm, because we can't always just make it work perfectly and we and our and our times don't always match up. And then he's in a different time zone. Excuses, excuses, excuses. So, uh, it, you know, whatever you want to pour into that. So we thought it would be better since we had a number of episodes to get out before 100 and, and, and it would just be easier to split up the difference of the episodes and he would do two solo ones and I would do two solo ones. So that's what we're doing here. I did one and then he did two middle ones. We had Crystal and Logan do one and now I'm actually doing 99 before 100. And the reason I'm doing 99, not the reason Steve's not, but the reason we're I'm doing another one here is to kind of this is your cliff notes to Odyssey. This is going to be kind of your look into what to expect from the season premiere. Now we've seen it uh, uh, beforehand, so we're kind of giving you just just a mini review kind of thing. Uh, it's it's going to be mild spoilery. It's nothing you wouldn't have already seen if you were on our forums or on the main page of our website. Nothing that gives. I mean, we're not going to give away the meat of the episode, but there are things that might be considered spoilerish. So if you want to skip this episode, we understand. We hate for you to miss out on the, the last two-digit Starbucks House of Hell ever. But if you do want to skip this one, if you want to wait till 100, which is going to be... It's going to be about Smallville. Episode 100 is going to be a lot about the show and, and, and where we've been and what to look forward to. And that's what these last three kind of episodes have been about, 98, 99, and what 100 will be about. is kind of... Um, a look at the past, a look at where we've been, but a look at the future, too, and, and what that brings. And episode 100, as much as it's going to be about Smallwood, it's going to be about Shu, too, because... Shu, also, I guess I should say. Um, because we don't really want to give ourselves a pat on the back, but we've done this for 100 episodes, and we kind of want to celebrate, and we want to have a good time doing that. We want to have a good time with the friends we've made over the years, 
uh, the last couple of years, the the listeners, you guys, everybody. So it's it's going to be a good time. It's probably going to be a pretty full packed episode actually. And Steve and I are going to finish recording that tonight. So uh, this is actually Wednesday right now. So that should be cross your fingers up in time for the 801 premiere. So you should be able to listen to that if you've got the time before Odyssey airs tomorrow night. And then our episode 101, as Steve said last week, last week, earlier today basically, uh, episode 101 is going to be our season premiere 801 for Smallville. So it all just kind of coincides together. And Steve did a fantastic job in episode 98. He kind of talked about how, not he kind of, he did. He he, he did a great job. But he kind of touched on uh, where the, how Veritas really is what tied everything up. Um, not everything, but I'm contradicting myself a lot today, and I do that when I talk to myself. It's more of a, you know, we lost a lot of our key players. We lost a lot of uh, things that made the show what it is there at the end. And um, it it, it kind of tied up the past. You know, we went all the way back to the pilot in, in Veritas and those last, you know, the, there was such urgency in those last few episodes between Traveler and Arctic that that happened just in a span of few days of each other, basically within the timeline, that we had to get back to all the way to the pilot and go through years and years of of storyline of of legend of mythos and clear up a lot of that. So Steve really wanted to touch on, and it was something we even did at a panel at um, at Dragon Con in Atlanta, how Veritas was kind of the key to everything from those seven years and how that kind of just those are the bookends right there for that. That's that's almost like that's one story. And now we're looking forward. And even if season eight is our last, it's it's not going to have those as many ties to the past as what we've been used to. You know, we don't have the Luthers very much anymore. We have a new character, Tess Mercer, but we don't really have the Luthers anymore. So that kind of progresses the story in a different direction. It's just a lot of. Um, different things that you'll be looking for in season eight that are going to be very new and, 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 and seem new. And you're not going to, it's not some of that same angst we're used to from the show. It's not some of that same teenage high school angst. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but because so much has been tied up, it is a different way to look forward to new stories, new plot lines, a whole new feel on the show. And I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Odyssey feels like a movie. When you're watching it, it has a very cinematic feel to it. And the way they filmed it, the way it's scripted, uh, the direction uh, of the actors and actresses take, everything feels very, uh, on a much grander scale, even more so than your usual episode. And I kind of felt like that in Zod, too. But Zod was still so wrapped up in previous storylines, you know, picking up, you know, the instant that that, that, uh, Vessel left off. So this is a little bit different, you know, and and we're going to talk more about Odyssey in a minute, but that's what we wanted to focus on. Steve wanted, we got Steve to talk about how, you know, pilot to Veritas to Arctic, how those, you know, those three key points and and how it it spans that time period. And then then I was going to talk about looking forward, what to expect Thursday night. And then a hundred is just looking forward in general, looking at the past, looking at where we've been, where the show's been and looking forward into both us and the show. I can't tell you what we're going to do, but because I have no idea. But um, so that's basically just the things we wanted to touch on today. And um, we're going to jump right into it. There's a little bit of news. Uh, one thing that's happened since Steve recorded episode 98 yesterday 
is that uh, it has been confirmed that at least one of the episodes that Kristen Kruk will be uh, reprising her role as Lana Lang in will be the 10th episode, which would be the final one in 2008 before we get into Legion. And she is going to be around for a couple episodes, maybe three or four. It's not definite yet. That was originally something that was commented on. So uh, definitely the first appearance we'll see her in is 10. There may be a wedding in that episode, so that may be one of the reasons she does return into Clark's life, into Smallville, into everybody else's life. So that will be something to look forward to uh, when Sweeps hits uh, in November. So, But that is really uh, the only bit of Smallville news we had, and I'm going to jump into just a, a really fueled discussion on the final moments of Arctic, and, and, and if you listen, uh, there's a shoe two that Tucker and I did yesterday, and we felt the need to do one on the season finale because it has such heavy ties to to, to the eighth season, to the beginning here. Um, even though it do- doesn't pick up immediately, you kind of need to know where you were to know where you're going. And so, as we all know, in the, in the final moments of season seven, uh, Lex had discovered Clark's secret. He had discovered the fortress. He had found a way to control Clark Kent, control the Traveler, as he was lied to by Brainiac and told him he was the one that was supposed to, you know, control. And and what we've kind of pieced together, which you can kind of figure out from that, and, and, and most people already know, is that it would seem that the only way to control the Traveler, or the way Jor-El wanted to control the traveler wanted somebody else to be able to control him is not by actually having power over Clark Kal-El but to instead remove said abilities you know the abilities that that Clark has given thanks to Earth's yellow sun to not have those anymore to make him a mere mortal and a lot of people are feeling like that's just a season after season thing Jor-El takes his abilities away well, it is. I mean, it's happened before. We've seen it happen many times. We've seen it happen when Clark has amnesia. We've seen it happen when Clark doesn't have amnesia. We've seen just a, a, a myriad of different ways that he can, you know, be without them. To be mortal, to be with them, and, and not remember anything. And, and and here we are yet again, and we've got a Clark Kent who has been stripped of his abilities... Uh, his fortress has fallen down around him. Him and his former best friend were there together. Um, we don't, you don't really know what it's supposed to do. Did Lex know that he was going there to die, sacrificing himself to protect the world from the evil traveler? You know, you don't really know what to make of Lex's intentions in those final moments. He just thought that that was his, that was what he was meant to do, because Brainiac disguised as Kara told him that's what he was meant to do, even though it wasn't technically Kara be the traveler as another traveler as well fellow traveler i guess you would say regardless um when we open with odyssey when we open with 801 um and as i said this is just going to be kind of cliff notes this is things to prepare you for what you need to know uh going into it and and again if you don't want to be spoiled these are just mild spoilers they're things that you probably can't turn on your tv you can't see a trailer without somehow realizing uh, we open three to four weeks after the events, uh, about a month after the events uh, of of seven twenty Arctic, and um, and as I said in shoe two, when we were at Comic Con, I got a bag that, that that Warner Brothers was giving out. That's the, that's the thing at Comic Con; they give you bags. That's the big thing at Comic Con. Get a bag, everybody. Get a bag. You want a bag? 
I don't know why, but they're cool, so I got one too. <clears throat> this is a Smallville bag, and it actually uh, is one side of it's a Supernatural, but the other side's supposed to be a representation, a cover of the Daily Planet, and it has an article about the the Arctic earthquake, quote unquote. Also has an uh, article about uh, the death of Lionel Luther and whether or not it was a suicide or whether or not he was pushed. Um, but it talks about how this, this effect is felt all over. And I have a feeling we're in for a pretty cool previously on when, when this starts up the, you know, you see in those final moments, you see the collapse of the fortress. You see the earth open up and swallow the fortress whole. And then when it comes back, I mean, when, when the episode comes back, we do start right back out of the fortress. Granted time has passed, but we are right back at the Arctic. Um, even though it's, it's not the, it's not the same night as the events of Clark and Lex's final confrontation, or semi-final, I guess you would say. Um, what else do you need to know going into this? Obviously, we've talked a lot this summer about new characters, new things going on. One of the first people you'll see in Odyssey is one of our new characters, Tess Mercer, played by Cassidy Freeman. Tess is a hand-picked... Um, I mean, she's the one Lex left Luther Corp to, and she he left her in charge. Why? We're not exactly sure that where, where her whereabouts were. We know she's been out of the country for some time, and uh, and and she has has shown up to take over, and she's got a you know permission. Her her access is unrestricted, thanks to Lex Luther. He he has he has taken care of that, and she is now in control of all assets, of everything, of the Daily Planet, of Luther Corp, the mansion in Smallville, all of it. She's 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 head honcho now, and it's it's going to have a different feel to it having a lead female villain this year. And they've said time and time again, you know, nobody could fill Michael Rosenbaum's shoes. Nobody, nobody could play the sort of twisted villain that Lex Luthor did on the show. But somebody can carry the mantle. Somebody can can he, somebody that he could pass the torch to. Somebody that Lex could pass the torch to. In the, and it's almost the same way, you know, Michael passing, you know, it being given to Cassidy, Lex giving it to Tess. Now, her name is is a play on words. Her name is Tess Mercer, as I said. Uh, Lex's head hench lady from Superman the Animated Series and some of the comics, Mercy. And then Miss Tessmacher from Superman the Movie, uh, Tess. So, Tess Mercer. I like it. I don't know. Um, so she is going to be a very key player in this season. Uh, other things that kind of take place, uh, of course, she's now over the Daily Planet, so she's Lois's boss. You know, she's Jimmy's boss. Chloe will not be returning to the Daily Planet this year, so they, don't, they won't have to worry about a confrontation just just yet. But there are other things. Uh, we've mentioned uh, Davis Bloom, that character played by Sam Witwer, and he will not be appearing, uh, originally at least, uh, in... 801, I believe he does show up in Plastique, 802, so you can look forward to that, but th this is more about Odyssey, so we can talk about him next time, and um, kind of, actually next week. It's hard to believe we have to get back to it to an exact weekly schedule, and I don't know what I was thinking exactly back in December or January, because, you know, we do Tenth Wonder, and Terminator's coming on, I was like, we've got to do this, Steve, Steve, we've, this is going to be a huge show, we've got to do this. So we did it, but of course, Hero because the writer strike, Heroes went off in December, and Terminator started in January, and then it ended. All three shows have never been on at the same time, so I'm about to have just a real, 
Imagine if cholesterol was podcasting. That's about what's about to happen to me. It's about to go way up. So, and, and I'm going to need to get on a treadmill or something very soon. Um, so, Steve, I understand where you're coming from. I'm having your problem. I don't feel very on with it. I think we we do better together. And I think everybody that's listening right now would probably agree with that. But what else do you kind of want to know going into this? Obviously, if you've seen a trailer... You kind of know what to expect. The official description tells a good bit. You know, the Justice League returns to find Clark after the collapse of the fortress, and the new CEO of Luther Corp comes to town. I mean, things like that. I don't know who are Justice League members that are showing back up, because people may be a bit confused by that. We will not be seeing the full Justice League. Uh, Justin Hartley is a series regular this season. He will be playing the Green Arrow. But he's going to more be playing Oliver Queen this season than the Green Arrow. And... People have kept keep wondering why do we keep hearing so much about Oliver Queen? Why is Green Arrow not really coming into play a whole lot um, in episode descriptions and pictures and things of that nature? Well, that's kind of talked about. That's that's very much touched on towards the end of eight hundred one, and you kind of find out where these characters are going with the Justice League, where the direction of the Justice League is headed, and what they intend to do. Uh, as a team, where they're going and and why Justin's why Oliver kind of stays in Metropolis and returns to Metropolis, that's all very much um, touched on. So you'll find that out by tomorrow night's end. Uh, now, what else happens in this one? We, we we do know that he, of course, returns. He is he is on the hunt for Clark. He knows Clark is missing, and and who who is with him this time? Alan Richson, who plays Aquaman. He he is that they're 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 searching the globe for Clark. And, the, and while it is mentioned about Bart and, and Victor, you know, Impulse and Cyborg are scanning other parts of the globe looking for Clark, um, we, you've got Black Canary, played by Elena Huffman, and then you've got Aquaman, played by Alan Rich, and then you've got uh, Oliver Queen, well, Justin Hartley, Oliver Queen, who are looking for Clark together and 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 hit very close to home in the in the opening scenes, as you'll find out. And there's that great image, if you've seen the trailer, and I, I wish they had released a high-def image of this. They have not. But that great image of the three of them outside uh, the Luther Corp, the Tess's tents at the Arctic, and, and, and uh, Oliver's holding Clark's red jacket. And then they're kind of looking around. It's a great shot. It's a great crane shot, too. It's just... It looks really cool, and uh, there's some some pretty, like I said, cinematic. There's some pretty cool stuff in this one that you're not going to see coming. There's some very cool effects. Uh, there's some stuff they've had time to do over the summer. You know, this show is in a very different direction now. We're under new guidance from our new uh, frontrunners. Uh, uh, Todd and Darren and Brian Kelly have kind of come into their own since they've come into the show since season two, I believe. And they've really, they're really making, they're putting their name on the show more than they ever have before. And they were already four of the most talented writers on the show. But now, the, you know, another, another torch being passed from Alan Miles to the four of them. They're really running with it. And they, and they even, the four of them are the ones that, that did the story. And they wanted, they wanted their namesake on the, this first episode outing on their own. And it speaks for itself. It really does. It's a testament to what, what they've been given in a show that's been on seven years and how they've kind of taken the direction forward. It's, it's phenomenal what they've done. Uh, it's one of the best season premieres in a long time. And I, sitting here right now, I can't tell you what 
my favorite season premiere really would be. I think a lot of people would say Crusade because you see, quote unquote, Clark fly. I think a lot of people say Arrival because of the events in that, the Kryptonians, um, just the 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 danger to Earth in that episode. Uh, a lot of people would say Zod because of the Phantom Zone. Lex Luthor as Zod, very cool. Then a lot of people would say Bizarro because Bizarro was pretty much nonstop action. Then you can go back and argue, you know, the pilot or or anything from two and three. I mean, you, you really, it, it's kind of what Smallville means to you. What you find in Smallville, what what means the most to you. When you take those aspects out of the show and you then you see the premiere and they have those aspects in the premiere and you're like, that's my favorite premiere because it has this, this, and this in it. So that's why, that's when it means the most to you is when the premiere has everything you wanted it. Uh, Odyssey is no different. It has something for everyone. And it has very... Uh, it, it's just... It, 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 it has humor. It's got... I mean, it's got action. I mean, you've got the Justice League back, for crying out loud. You've got all our key players here. Uh, minus, of course, the ones we lost season. But you've got everybody... And and plot lines that were just... That, that were left hanging from the cliffhanger at the end of Season 7. You know, what happened to Chloe? What happened, you know, Jimmy was knocked to the ground by the by the Department of Domestic Security agents, and Chloe was drug off, presumably being arrested, since Jimmy wouldn't cooperate with Lex. Uh, Jimmy's deal made with the devil is not going away anytime soon. That That's something Tess is, is very aware of. And we'll see that play out through Season 8. Um, we'll see what happens to Chloe in the premiere, where she has been, what what has happened to her in the last few weeks and why why those agents quote unquote arrested her, you know, why they pulled her off. And and what's Lois been up to, you know? She wasn't really left in dire need of anything, but but she's really the only one that wasn't I mean, she's kind of been left alone here. She's got Jimmy, but Kara's gone, Clark's gone, Chloe's gone. Lex is, I mean, it's just, it's going to, it's a very different Smallville. And we had that before, you know, we had that at the, at the end of season three, Clark went missing and, 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 and Jonathan was in a coma for three months and Chloe was presumably dead. And, but you still had Martha, you still had all that stuff around. This is, I mean, Lois and Jimmy have pretty much lost everybody. You know, they don't know what, they don't know what's been going on. Lois is, is trying to find out information on what happened to Chloe Every time she calls the Department of Domestic Security, though, they say they have no knowledge of Chloe Sullivan. So it's it she's she's on a mission trying to find this out. Jimmy is, of course, distraught. He just proposed to Chloe. She's gone. Um, Kara has gone missing, of course. Lana has flown the scene because she she feels that Clark's destiny is greater than than anything she can be a part of, and wants him to embrace that destiny so bad that she leaves. She leaves town. And then you have Clark and Lex. And, of course, Luther Corp knows Reagan, who we talked about in, in Arctic 720, who has sort of become Lex's right-hand man in the absence of, uh, in the absence of, of Gina after she was killed. So, and, and we see Reagan uh, as the season opens up, you know. But they know where Lex went. You know, Reagan was on the plane with Lex before he took off. And and to originally have said there would be two passengers and then only be being the one because of course Clark took care of Brainiac, uh, so you know Kara quote unquote Kara wouldn't be riding in the plane with him to the fortress. So that's where we are. You know we're looking at 
at who knows what, what will they find where the fortress was? Are they close? Are they close to where the fortress was? Do they know where the impact happened? Can they find something in the remains? Obviously, Justin is able to find Clark's jacket. But what else is there? What else was at the fortress already? What could give them some sort of clue to what is going on? Not just the Justice League, but also Luther Corp, also Tess. What could be left remaining that would kind of point to different people? And obviously, you know, Clark gets out of there. So, aren't and there's a jacket left behind, so aren't there other remains? Like, I don't know, footprints? Something like that. I mean, there, there's... Even though some time has passed, things, some things are not left, you know. I mean, the, the, there's an obvious point to uh, Method of the Madness, really. And, and, and where Clark went. Where is Clark? You've seen the director's cut for 801 Odyssey, either via, either via YouTube or the CW's website. You kind of know, or you get an idea, um, and it's sort of a funny, like I said, a lot of humor in this, but also just a lot of other stuff, a lot of action, a lot of drama, um, but a, a good amount of action for a season premiere, uh, but who else do we have here? We, of course, have Lois, as I said, who has been drastically looking for her cousin. We have Jimmy, who who was left, you know, on a knee proposing and then knocked over. Um, Clark disappears. You know, Kara's banished to the Phantom Zone. Brainiac destroyed. Lex is missing. We have Tess Mercer show up in town. We have the Martian Manhunter back. Uh, John Jones, played by Phil Morris. We have him returning. And where where has he been? What has he been doing? You know, he's always a real mystery to everybody. And and especially to people who don't know much about the Martian Manhunter for this guy to be coming in and out. Uh, it's just, some sometimes it blindsides some people and they don't always know. But um, I always enjoy the character. I think he, he he's he's a very rich character. I think Phil Morris playing him is just amazing casting, as I said originally in, in season six when they brought him in. So uh, static what was that episode. So it's it's very cool to have him back again and have him introduced to our other characters. Uh, obviously, he's seen Lana. He's seen Kara. They're not there anymore. But to meet the Justice League, you know, is is, is a very neat little thing. Um, so, and you kind of find out where he'll be going next, what's kind of happened to him at the end of the episode that will progress his story forward. And he just always gives really great insight into Jor-El, into what Jor-El wanted for Clark, uh, for Kal-El rather, and, and why Jor-El did the things he did. You know, they were very good friends and it's rare that Clark gets to talk to a friend of his father's, his Zod, Zor-El, you know, we don't really get to talk to anybody that was... That had a fondness of him, like John Jones does. So it's cool to see that side of Jor-El when a lot of the times all we saw was the destruction. You know the the the. And, you know, I mean, early on, I can even remember people talking about how nobody thought that was Jor-El in season two and three. They thought it was Brainiac posing as Jor-El, and eventually we would actually see the real Jor-El. We would see Terrence Stamp, and I. I get the feeling more and more that will not happen. Now, the question remains the fortress, of course. It is our logo, so we have to know something about when it's returning, correct? Well, I can 75% assure you we will see the fortress return by the time 2009 gets here. Um, I'm not positive in what episode, but I, I, I feel certain that you will be seeing it again 
um, sooner rather than later. It, it will it will come back up, of course. And I hope that's a very cool reconstruction scene, as I said in in, in seven twenty. Uh, the shoe two we did yesterday. Not to keep going back to that, but a lot of these elements, as I said, carry over. So all these episodes of shoe that you've got on your iPod right now, because we've been doing so many, are really closely knit together in how much they tie into our 100th episode and 801 of Odyssey. But I, I'm very interested in seeing the reconstruction of the Fortress of Solitude. Hopefully it's not just stock footage from Arrival. Hopefully we get to uh, experience something new, I would, for one, I, this is just me, I would like Clark to be in the fortress as it constructs around him. I think that would be a very neat point of view. Probably very expensive, but, you know, nonetheless, throw save up a little budget, Todd and Darren, and, and throw some out towards towards the end of the year. Because I, I just really, that would be cool, you know? I mean, and it kind of goes back to what could be left behind that would that would kind of clue in Luther Corp or the Justice League to who was at the fortress, you know, what could Clark use, what will reconstruct the fortress, what could be the key element? <clears throat> element? I, I really think that just Clark standing in the middle of that as it comes around him, in a season that's so heavy in Superman mythos, so heavy into what we know, the Clark and Lois relationship, the working at the Daily Planet, so many things are very hitting so close to home, and what we know is the Man of Steel, what we know, uh, what has been not disregarded in the previous seven years, but a new take on it. And I hate people that say they don't like the show because it ruins Superman. No, there's been a million different takes on Superman. Just And I, I don't understand why people enjoy certain comic lines that are Elseworlds, but they can't get behind Smallville. This is not supposed to be true and true Superman. I mean, eventually, he is the boy, he is the, the man that becomes Superman. But he's still Clark Kent, and this is still just a very much a... Uh, a world without a Superman at this point. You just have to take it with a grain of salt. If you can get behind it as a show that is deep-rooted in mythology, but can make a different spin on it, make it their own, and have fun with it, if you get your head out of your arses, you know, I mean, I think you would just enjoy it a whole lot more because, and I hate those people that email in just constantly. I just, I just nobody, you just feel like because they change things up, you can't give it a chance. And that's, that's just so wrong to look at it because they're obviously doing something right. Uh, here we are eight years later. I've been watching since that first night right after 9-11 back in 2001 and, and, and uh, have been sitting here talking about it for two years. You know, have almost 100 episodes here. It is very much, uh, I, mean, that, that, I mean, they've hit the ball out of the park. And yet again, with another fantastic season premiere. Um and I might even go far as so far as to say that this might be my favorite season premiere. I need to watch it again. I need to get a feel for it a few more times. That's that's something with season premieres. You can't watch it that one time and be like, "That's it, best episode ever." You can't. So you gotta you gotta get your own feel for it. You gotta know how you feel about it and how the dialogue feels and how everything. But I'm gonna tell you, there's gonna be a lot of people walking away from this tomorrow night that are gonna go. Whoa, you know, they're just, they're going to be blown away by what they see. And even seven years later, it's, it's not predictable. There's some stuff in this that is not predictable at all. Um, and it's always fun seeing whether or not you want to argue it gets old that Jor-El takes Clark's powers away. To me, it's always fun seeing a mortal Clark. Uh, it, it's fun to see him susceptible to things 
that would be kind of like Tucker said on shoe two, you know, do, have gone from not feeling hot or cold to being extremely cold up there at the fortress. And, you know, different things that would like back in season one in, in leech when he's playing basketball and he gets worn out or he's trying to do the chores and he, he can't get it done just cause he's tired and he hasn't been before. And, and you see, very, I mean, there's a, there's a very <clears throat> funny scene between uh, Clark and Oliver in in Odyssey, that is very much shows how much Clark is mortal, and you can tell Oliver's just loving it. He's loving the fact that Clark is more is you know he's he's able to be damaged you know instead of leap tall buildings. So it, it's it's a very fun thing, and 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 in Clark Clark's progression through the episode and the people that recognize, I mean, just because Clark is found. Just because he gets to come back among his own and he gets back doesn't mean everything goes right for Clark. Even still in those final moments, it's a little bit shady on what's going on with our Man of Steel. So that's really just, like I said, it's it's mild spoilerish look at what you can expect tomorrow night. What you should take away from this is really nothing to... to I hope I haven't dampered anybody's spirits. Like I said, I just wanted to touch on a few things that you might want to know coming off the hills of Arctic before going into Odyssey that might make you appreciate the episode a little bit more than you already would have because I don't think there's anybody that's going to walk away from this talking about how terrible this was or how much they didn't like it. I, that's not possible in just in this stellar a premiere. They've they've outdone themselves yet again and it seems like they try to top themselves every year and they've managed to. And <clears throat> to have four of the best writers on the show actually all four write the one episode, they've just done an outstanding job tying up loose ends, bringing everything together for this one episode, then that's what really what a premiere is about. You tie up what's happened in the final episodes of the previous season. But not only that, not only do you tie up a lot of the problems, but you throw more problems on top of it. You throw more, um, you know, you, you get Clark out of the Phantom Zone, but you throw a bunch of Phantoms out of the zone with him onto Earth. You know, it's always about progressing the story forward. And that's really what, it, it's almost, in a sense... It's like, 801 is like a pilot of a TV show. It's almost like this is a new Smallville show that you really aren't used to before because it does have, a, as I said, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it has a di very different feel to it. And it's different emotions and it's different interactions between our characters. And pretty much like any show, like on Heroes, the pilot, you know, they find out that they're getting, they're finding these new abilities. And then, um, and then you get... What were some other examples of TV pilots where things things are the norm when the show starts? There's a certain way these characters behave, these actors act. There's a certain way these things happen, and one you know kink in the chain makes everything different for them. That's what happens in TV pilots. Um, the Big Bang Theory, Penny moving across from Sheldon Leonard. If you watch that show, that that definitely changes up their lives a little bit. Uh, Terminator, uh, Cameron coming back and, and, uh, coming back to, uh, with Sarah and John coming back from the future. Um, trying to think of some more friends, uh, Rachel coming into Central Park in the wedding dress. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of those. And that's what a TV pilot is, is one of those things that changes gears of the show to these normal characters living their normal lives and makes things different. And, and, and you get to see that firsthand. You get to see things change. And that happens in 801. Things, <clears throat> drastically change Smallville. 
things make this a new Smallville, a new show, a new town, and 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 a new place for our characters to be. And that's really what you should look forward to, and it and it changes the tone of the season. And more than anything, the final moments of Odyssey changes changes Superman, changes Tom Wellings, Clark Kent, changes what we've known in Smallville forever. It it makes it its own, and it it takes it in a whole new direction. And it's one that a lot of people aren't expecting. So I hope that this really just gets you excited for, uh, you know, for tomorrow night, for the upcoming season. It's going to be a fun ride, and, we're, and Steve and I are going to be here with you all the way. So this is really the last of our solo episodes. There may be more throughout the season, depending on Steve and mine's schedules. Uh, I really appreciate him doing those two by himself, and this is my second by myself. Anxious to do episode 100 and talk about some really great times we've had on the show in the past two years. <clears throat> Going on almost, well, not almost two and a half years, but two years and five months, yeah. Two years and so yeah, almost two and a half years. Wow, it has been interesting. There have been a lot of things that have happened, and uh, a lot of things that have happened personally in my life that have changed since day one of this, and and Steve's and and Tucker's and everybody's. So so there's so there's it, it's influenced all of us in a special way. Obviously, other podcasts have become, uh, you know have come to fruition as as a result of this. So it's going to be fun reminiscing. It's just going to be kind of sitting back and, and having a few drinks with your buddies of water or Coke. Also, if you're a teenage girl out there under the age of 18 or right at the age of 18 and you're planning on having anything other than your ears pierced, you know, navel, anything like that, uh, well, just, you know, you might want to avoid that. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I think that you should, uh, should give that... Take that with a grain of salt. I'd like to also send out a congratulatory message to my friend Carrie Rogers, who I apparently just got a job in New York, and uh, Carrie was on good commitment. And I just got a text message saying he got hired, and I don't know if I should be announcing that on air. And if I need to take that out, I will. But otherwise, congratulations, Carrie. I'm so happy for you. And um, and so we'll be back with the hundredth episode of Starbucks House of L, and then episode 101 will be for Odyssey. One thing I didn't touch on at the beginning of the episode, if you go to our forums, if you're a regular member of our forums, and you've been living in a hole in the ground for the past week, then you have not heard what's been going on. The forums are soon to be dead. I hate to say it. We have new forums. Startvilleforums.com is a community for the Startville Podcast Network, which encompasses Geek Out Loud, Undead America, Axed, uh, The Tenth Wonder, Startville's House of Hell, and Skynext. It is a great place to connect with fans. And what we've really done is just we, we've, we're shutting down our shoe forums, our 10th Wonder forums, and, and the Skynex forums, and we've made them all in one central location. And, and that in, in each show has its own place, has its own room, has its own table for you to talk about, just as much as these other sites did. Now, here's what's going to happen. The, the forums are live now. Startableforums.com. Go over there. You're going to have to re-register. Unfortunately, we could not move all of those massive posts from Star Wars House of L forums over to this new place. That would have taken forever and forever because there's, all, there's over a year and a half worth of stuff there that we just could not move. It's impossible. So here's what's going to happen. Uh, after tomorrow at noon, Thursday at noon, our, our old House of L forums, our old shoe forums, the ones you've gotten used to with the Fortress logo at the top, the blue ones, will be closed. They will be locked 
and read only, almost like a like a museum, so to speak. You will be able to visit those anytime you want. You can go back and look at old posts. You can go back and look at your old user profile. Well, no, you won't be able to log in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but you you can go back and, and, and look at stuff that's happened in the past year and a half because we want to make that available to everybody. Afternoon tomorrow, old.smallvillepodcast.com will be the old forums. They will take you to, and they will be read-only. As I said, you will not be able to make new posts, anything like that. You can just look at what's happened in the past. Very much like episode 100 in the past. The 100th episode, we are moving forward to the new forums. Now And then afternoon tomorrow also, as old.smallvillepodcast.com will be taking you to the old forums. Forums.smallvillepodcast.com will be taking you to our new forums. As of right now, they still redirect to the old ones. But after tomorrow, before Odyssey airs, you will be directed to the new forums at startableforums.com. Either address will work, and that is how you will get there and and post and and, and re-register. We've already got a, a hunt over you know in just less than twenty four hours the the amount that we've already gotten there is huge and the reaction is huge. Everybody seems to love it. And I was even a little uh, hesitant at first. I'll be the first to admit I did not like the idea of leaving what I had created and spent so much time on behind. But seeing this community that enjoys these shows all come together. And, and talk about them and laugh about them and have a good time and seeing that many more people now uh, that might not that didn't want to juggle so many other forms that didn't want to be on Tenth and Skynex they didn't want to be on Shoe and Skynex things like that now that you can be in all in one place everybody seems a whole lot more active to me and maybe it's just the first day maybe that's what it is maybe everybody's just really excited about the first few days and shows coming back Terminator coming back last week Smallville coming back tomorrow night Heroes coming back on Monday maybe that's what it is but. I I'm going to venture a guess that be, it's just going to be a larger community that's and it's it's more fun to be there now and there's stuff you, it's almost like Facebook or MySpace the stuff that we've enabled you to do on here the the friends that you can add and the user profile and the signatures and your information it's it's almost like a like a Facebook type kind of thing so if you're interested in that startwellforums.com come on over and for the latest Smallville news, always go to smallvillepodcast.com, our home on the internet, our, our affiliate site, kryptonsite.com, where you can find out the, the latest Smallville and Superman news. And you can email us at mail at smallvillepodcast.com. And if you want to get any last-minute voicemails in, 206-666-1822 is where you can email, or you can call, rather. You're not going to email a phone number, I don't think. You're going to call this voicemail. You'll hear my voice. Hello. And you will leave a message, and and you could just say muffin. You can say whatever you want to, and it. But you know, make it about, you know, not too long. But if you want to say something to us about 100 episodes, one of your favorite moments of the House of L, something that just sticks out in your mind, a story that you have to tell, something like that. Send that in to us, and we'll play it during the 100th episode as we're reminiscing and talking and things of that nature. So that's really it for me today. I've actually gone longer than I intended, and I hope I gave you a little bit deeper look on what to expect for episode 801. And because of that, I'm not really going to go into spoilers just too much because I think I've given you enough to whet your appetite, if you will, for what's coming ahead. I think it's going to be a great time, had by all, and I think you'll really, really enjoy what the Smallville crew have in store for you Thursday night, 8 p.m. 7 Central on The CW. We'll see you guys on episode 100 on the other side of the three digits. I'm Derek Russell for the last two-digit episode, signing off. (laughs) 